Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. So today, we're going to be discussing one game, specifically one PS1, one PS2, one PSP, and one PS3 game we would like to be brought to the service. Each one of us will get one choice, and that's it. I'm really excited about this because, of course, we always like to talk about games from our past, games from past generations, because, you know, we're getting up there in years in terms of gaming years, so what better way to bring new content than talk about old shit, right? We're gamer boomers. That's right. Bamers? Goomers? Goomers. Goomers, we're goomers. We're also going to be talking about some games that we played this week, such as more Ghostwire Tokyo, Weird West, Patrick's Parabox, Triangle Strategy, just briefly, briefly on more Triangle Strategy, and Nightfall. And last but not least, if you want to stick around a little bit longer, we have some social media polls that you, the Chompers, voted on earlier this week, but more on that later. So, let's get into some intros. Today, first, I am joined by someone who is called the Rat King, who has been known to wear giant cargo pants and keep at least 30 rats in his pockets at all times. Why, you ask? Every time he passes the Trump Tower, he lets out a pocket full of rats. And I can't tell you why, because then we'd have to arrest you. But Rich, you're in the house. Rich, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for saving my seat, Borat. Oh, no problem! (laughs) That was Borat was here in the studio. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> we got we, we, a lot of friends here. I actually ran into him at Trump Tower. Uh, I love the cameos we have on this yeah, podcast. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm doing good, man. Uh, we're recording a little late this week, which is, um, I guess, a double edged sword, because um, the fact of the matter is I worked today, normally record the night before. So mm. had we recorded the night before, I would have been very exhausted going into work. Now I'm very exhausted as we're doing the show, but also I can like sip this coffee and rest easy knowing that I can just go to bed and relax when this is over and like sleep in. So we'll see. I might get a little loopy at some point. Um, I'm going to drink probably pretty soon. I tried one of those C4 ultimate energy drinks this week and normally I drink the regular ones and I'm fine. The ultimate ones are supposed to be a little stronger. I drank one earlier this week. I had a mm. high I will be chasing for the rest of my life. Like, I felt like I wanted to fucking climb the Empire State Building. I, I thought you were going to say, I felt like I wanted to fuck I, I the did, Empire State Building. I, well, I've done that. Everyone has. Is that, is that a New York thing? Like, that's your initiation? Yeah, you, you go find a nice, like, you find a secluded hallway in, uh, in the Empire State, and you just fucking give it to it. You just rub your wiener all we over We really hall. like architecture. That's fair. That's fair. Well, Rich, I'm glad you're here, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied with the drinking of the C4 Ultimate Energy. I, I worry about your heart, but you know. What are you, my cardiologist? Rich, stop. As he's feeling your bum. <laughs> Rich, stop. <laughs> he's the one that needs to stop. I can't keep getting away with this. I mean, you can't keep getting away with this. It, yeah, he told me we had attorney-client privilege, and I told him that didn't make any sense. And he asked mm. me to leave. What a dick. Yeah. Didn't even finish the job he started. He finished all over the floor. <laughs> oh, uh, 
And his office is in the Empire State Building, so that makes more sense. Where I am the janitor. <laughs> oh, I gotta clean it up. Ah, uh, Bukake. Well, I'm glad you're here, Rich. Thank you for being here. And also, I am joined today by a fellow co-host that once wrote a letter to me. And uh, it, it, he wrote, or excuse me, they wrote it to me in my time of need. Um, there was a very dark time in my past, and um, it's, it's one that usually I struggle to talk about uh, be, because there, there, there are a lot of players involved and there are a lot of kind of twisting, winding pathways that get to the main story. It's a very difficult story to tell for that reason and also because it's very emotional. So I remember I, I was telling this person about that and they sent me this letter. Um, I remember it came in this beige envelope and I was, I was kind of scared to mess up the envelope. It, I, I'm a very sentimental person and as I'm slowly prying open the letter, I, I start to just get this, this feeling of just hopefulness. And as I open the letter, I'm actually opening the paper to read the letter and it says one very simple thing, fuck you. And um, those words gave me life. And then, um, yeah, I, I, was, I was able to overcome the issues I was having. And uh, I did, in fact, fuck myself. But no, uh, I'm joined today by a good friend of mine, Josh Fowler. Josh, thank you so much for that letter years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was very absorbent facts paper <laughs> to, to help with that whole fucking yourself situation <laughs> sent, specifically sent him a xerox copy of a fax because he could not uh-huh. figure out how this worked do yep, i have to dial yes. do i have to dial out to get it so it's nine one and then the number and then i what i wait there's no confirmation sheet coming out exactly no i'm just i was really impressed that you were able to make that paper out of towel material which i guess would be fabric rather i don't know i said towel material towel material <laughs> please don't name the title of the episode that for the love of god no no I, sweet towel material <clears throat> the sweetest <throat> towel material yeah but i was impressed that you're able to make the paper out of fabric to make it so absorbent oh yeah but, um, yeah it was one of those little pucks that you know absorbs once you know fills with cum we all have is those. that a thing? Well, I mean, normally you just you get them wet, but you know. I was gonna say, it's, yeah, it's like those sponges that like turn into a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. You're able. You but guys are able cum. to get things wet. I've never been able to do that. Not women. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I'm inadequate. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, "Ha, I'm an addict," and I was like, "Wait." I mean that, that too, but I don't like. I'm not bragging about it. Not bragging about it. We're all addicts. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I'm addicted to that dick, you know what I'm saying? No. But <laughs> All right, I, I, let's I, do I'm the support, show. <laughs> I'm supportive of your addiction. All right, let's do the show then. All right, yeah. Josh, did you have a good week, though? I don't know. That remains to be seen. <laughs> I mean, did you fuck the Empire State Building this week? No, no, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't make it up there. Yeah. Couldn't get it up. I mean, get up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird yeah. intro. It, it is a weird intro. This is what happens when I don't like script the intro is it goes off the rails pretty quickly. I'm as glad I just encouraged learned. you to just wing it, though. Uh-huh. 
I like that. By the way, I'm Shay calling in from Japan. That's a little peek behind the scenes. I usually script the entire intro and I, I read it and I, I write it beforehand just because I like to kind of aggregate my thoughts and make sure I'm getting all the high points in. And I like to write these guys funny intros and then I kind of let the banter happen. And this week yeah. uh, I, I, com- I started a new job, completely spaced it. And um, so came down to having to do the show and I was like, oh, you guys, I'm going to take some time to write it. And Rich was like, no, do it. It's it's brave of you to admit that the rest of those are scripted. And and yeah, I mean, compared to this, this might be the strongest Was the effort worth it? I always think so, because like I get a little bit of anxiety trying to wing it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like stressing out about trying to be super funny in the intros, you know, like. As I was making up both of your guys' story now, which was completely um, 100% off the top of the dome, that there was no punchline to either of your guys'. That's, that's the downside. That's funnier to me. It's like you do all this like long and arduous setup, and then it doesn't pay off. It's hilarious. I don't know. I thought Josh's and mine kind of paid off a little bit. Was yours, that, uh, yours had no payoff, Rich. I'm sorry. I couldn't the, figure the, out how the to pay, it. It did have payoff. It was all over the floor of that doctor's office. <laughs> In fact, you were Took paying a long to give that time to, the to pay that off. And I had a copay because mm-hmm. he was a specialist. It was $50. Ew. But no, I mean, like, America so this sucks. Po- <laughs> this, this podcast is going to be 100% unfiltered, completely fucking free form. And um, it's going to no, be as, interesting. As a shift, uh, normally the intro is scripted and the rest of it's freeform. The rest of the podcast from here on out is scripted. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. So uh, let me get my notes here really quick. So I see that uh, today we are going to do this topic now. Uh, but yeah, let's get let's actually get into the topic. So right now we're kind of in a lull in all in all seriousness with uh gaming as we just came off one of the busiest starts to the, to a year in gaming thank fuck man i am just oh i am tired i even bought the new star wars lego game because that's a game that's really great to play when you're high mm-hmm. high off of ultimate c4 energy i'm gonna i told you man i'm gonna be chasing that high for the rest of my life i've never felt that good and i will never feel that good again and it lasted about an hour and 15 minutes Ooh. It's not bad for an energy drink. It's pretty good, yeah. Well, like, I, it, it wasn't like I immediately got tired after that, but, like, the point of you're like, I could do anything, it lasted for about an hour and 15 minutes. I'm sure that's what it feels like to do. Is it Adderall? Is that what the kids do? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, to stay awake. Yeah. In college. Yeah, I, I remember, um, and then we'll actually get into the topic last <laughs> tangent, I promise, listeners, but um, my ex... Uh, she was an architect major, and she would tell me that pretty much all the architect students would drop those kind of like pills to to stay awake to finish their projects. And I was like, mm. that sounds fucking stressful as shit and horrible. I knew plenty of people in college doing that, and there was even a point where I never did it regularly, but I have done it before to like cram. Yeah, I... I I've never ever once thought, man, I need to cram more information into my brain. I need to do some drugs to get that information in there. Not once, but and then you crush him up a little bit on the table, give him the old snorty snort, and you're ready. That's to not go. really how you're supposed to study, but I understand. That's how I study, kid. 
That's how you get your notes in there. Yeah. You crush I, your papers up, you snort your papers up your nose. Exactly. That's how it works. All of that knowledge. I swear is in the I brain learned now. osmosis in biology class. <laughs> yep, nope, totally. No. Totally. But um yeah, so it's it's kind of a slower time. So I was trying to think of a way that we could kind of you know what what we could discuss this week and as i was thinking about it a lot of people were talking with me the past week week or two about the playstation service trying to predict what what's going to be on that service i think that is the big question because a lot of people want to know if it's worth their money or time and so that that ps1 ps2 psp ps3 um aspect which is on the ps plus premium which is the highest tier, which costs $120 a year, they're toting that. That is one of the big reasons why you upgrade to that premium. And so I was curious. I was curious about what you guys would select for each system, why, why you would select that game. And it can be anything. It could be a game that you thought was influential at the time that not enough people know about now. It could be just your favorite game. It could be something just absolutely off the wall. It could be something you want to see kind of get revitalized. Anything, really. I wanted to kind of pick your guys' brains on that. So I figured this would be a fun topic to do this week. So I'm really excited. So we're going to start with Rich. Um, what is a PS or the PS1 game you would want to see? Like, what would sell it for you? If they put that game on there, you're like, okay, I'll probably get premium at this point. Well, let me say without a doubt, they've already sold it to me more than likely. But um, I went, I went a little outside of the box with the PS One game, mostly because I feel like if you look at that like PS Three like digital library, there's so many obvious games that are like, okay, obviously that's gonna be there. Like all this stuff that's kind of already like Sony first party in its library. And what I was thinking about was, um what Nintendo did with um, a lot of their online stuff, which is like putting out some games that were Japan only, just uploading them, mm -hmm. um, putting out Star Fox 2, which was only on that SNES Mini at one point. Mm. So I'm going to go way left field. Okay. LSD Dream Simulator. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that shit. I fucking knew immediately. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. I, if nobody knows what this is, um, it's this fucking bonkers... Um, Japanese Japan only released game for the PS1 that like the entire idea of this game was the developer was just like keeping a dream journal for like a couple of years and then he just like made his dreams in engine and it's literally like playing someone's LSD trip like it is weird it is bonkers um some version of it like appeared online like maybe a year back maybe more than that time is a flat circle um and i, yeah, I it was fairly recently i remember it, that. it was in the news fairly recently yeah but this is like something i've been thinking about a lot because it's more so me going like i need to play that game because i've had experience with that but that's the kind of shit i want to see companies using this sort of service for and nintendo not completely but in some lighter ways and some interesting ways has embraced that idea of being like well, we have like this stuff we're sitting on that either never got a release or never got a wide release outside of Japan, and let's just put it out on this service that people are paying for. Because, like, your your customers that are playing for this premium install base, like, it's cool when you have access to weird shit like that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it'd be like if I'm being objective about it. I don't know how many people would legitimately, you know, stumble upon it and be like, "Huh, what's this? I want to check this out." But you would have the people 
who have, you know, heard about this game, who have thought about this game, thinking maybe oh, I would love to play that, you know, legitimately, or I would love to just play it at See all. See what that's about, yeah. Yeah, you'd have a good core people, but it would be kind of a, a cult following, so to speak. Which, I mean, would be fine, because, you know, you have the mainstays in the PlayStation uh, library, so it'd be nice to have some of those weirder games in there. Exactly, yeah, some some fucking out there shit. Yeah, I remember reading about that game, and I was like, fuck, I'd like to, I'd like to try that sometime. You know? There are now ways uh, you can try that online. Be, be aware, but uh, you do have to jump through some hoops. Yeah, and I'm not a big hoop jumper. I lo- I jump through hoops all all day every day constantly. It's hilarious to me. Yeah, I I can tell. Thank you. You you look like the type of person. That's who, what people uh, tell me. That's <laughs> they, that's what I tell people when they're like, "Who's who is rich as a person?" I'm like, you know, to really know the rich Meister as a person, you got to see him jump through some hoops. And, and then they're, they're like, like "Well, cool. like, what do you mean by that? Like, like get shit done quick?" I'm and I'm like, "No." literally literally jumping through hoops once you see that you will you will know who that man is mm-hmm. at the core of him we all learn about um, each other and then i get smacked in the face because uh i realize i'm uh not talking to who i think i was talking to you know i was just drunk on the sidewalk and blathering on about my talking friend, to a turnstile again yes and a turtle Hell yeah. yeah, turtle. Turtle. Anyways, Josh, what would be your choice for the PS1? Ooh, um, this is a tough one because, again, kind of like you said, a lot of the, you know, big games should be obvious. Like, that, that should be on there. Um, but also a lot of those have, have had, you know, re-releases and stuff that are they're not super hard to get a hold mm. of. Um, there are still a few of them that it's just you know on on modern hardware it's still hard to track down ways to play some of these old games. Uh, yeah. not not from like a they didn't release here situation like uh, Rich's Choice, but just a this was a niche game when it came out and no one's there were not a ton of copies printed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. One that I think has been kind of, for similar reasons, hard to track down, like the the original game, um, which, you know, just because the company has shifted away from it mm. so much, is Silent Hill. The original Silent mm. Hill. Um and there are re-releases of it, but to have that original but, hardware piece, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there there are, but it not a lot of them. Um it's like it's it's still I think the what? Like the the ones you could get on the Vita or like the last time. No, there's um Have they put those on anything more recently? I that? think there's a PS4 collection. Is it on there? I'll I'll verify that for okay, you. Okay, I but... didn't think they put that on the PS4 collection. I for, for some reason at the very least, the PS3 one. Yeah, yeah. there's well, a PS4 HD collection. Oh, I didn't know they even put that out. Somehow oh, no, I that's the that. PS3 one. I'm, I'm, I must be mistaken. It's a PS3 one. That's my okay. fault. Okay. Which, I mean, I guess that's, what, that's still and over it, a decade old at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it's not, there must be a ton of them because it's only selling for like $22 on Amazon eh. sealed, so they must be around. Yeah. Um, actually, no, this is just two and three on this collection, so you know what, you're right. Yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, I've, yeah, one, one seems like it kind of gets overlooked a lot. Um, I, I don't know why. Like, I do like two considerably more. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, two is, two is one of the best horror games of all time. And a significant step up from one, but one is still, um, from it's from really a historical unique. sense, it's worth having an access, to, yeah, access to, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and that that sort of a you know what what started the franchise, sort of a game, which I mean at this point isn't even a franchise anymore, um, because fucking Konami, um, but they're bringing it back, Josh. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. I, it's just because I don't believe them. Oh, okay. Oh, they, oh I'm sorry. I, I was mistaken. They are bringing it back as a pachinko machine. Get yeah, exactly. Them. Exactly. They're bringing it back as a microwave. A silent... Every time you microwave something, there's a chance that it blows up into fucking for, viscera. For those of you waiting for a new Silent Hill game, then get ready for our new Silent Hill themed health club. <laughs> I was actually... You know, sorry, Josh, to co-opt this for a quick tangent. I was on the train yesterday, and I was thinking, how cool would it be if Holodex existed right now? Because I would, like, spend a week in there trying to see if I could survive a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I, like, I seriously spent the whole train ride just thinking about that. I did nothing else but just sat there and thought about, you know, I don't know why I do this far more often than I care to admit. I... Try I daydream about what a zombie apocalypse would actually be like and if I could actually survive it and how long I could survive it. It's, there's it's there's in, a party, political party in this country based on that premise. Oh, that's a good point. They yeah, they all just pretend that it's happening even if it's not. It's fair, but like imagine if like Star Trek's holodecks existed. Oh yeah. I, I think that would be the one thing like I would have to try in a holodeck is could I survive a zombie apocalypse? For I week? would just be running X-Men danger room simulations all day. <laughs> That's fair. Josh, what would you run? <sighs> That's, that's a tough one. You've, you've always got to take into account that whatever you, whatever you run in there may escape the simulation. Um, I take that into, into account with real life all the time. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Mm. Perception. I don't know. I I I always liked the like the uh, you know like the murder mysteries that uh, that some some of the officers would run in there. That mm. that's sort of a oh like data it, and uh, yeah Dory. like play plays the detective. I mean he, he he did more like Sherlock Holmes stuff, but like in you know, like a good Agatha Christie sort of uh oh Dixon Hill like Picard when he ran. Yeah. Dixon Hill type shit. Yeah. yeah. That would be fun. I'm sad that they ditched him playing Dixon Hill style later on the seasons. Like the first two seasons he did that and afterwards he was oh, like, yeah. ah, no more Dixon Hill. Yeah. So that would be fun. I always like those episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I think that's a good choice, Josh. I, Silent Hill's a great choice, in fact. I think you have a lot of people that would side with you on that. No, so for my choice, I was originally going to go with Legend of Dragoon. But I think there are a lot of people who would say that as well, because that game has such a cult following. Um, I almost said Kadelka as well, which is this horror RPG that is so ridiculous and hilarious. But 
I actually went, <clears throat> excuse me, I went with one that I think is going to be a little bit left field for you guys. Uh, for me, it makes perfect sense. It's called Herc's Adventures. Have you, either of you ever heard of that game? Yes. Is that the uh, the Hercules game that's based off of um... Roman and Greek mythology? Yes. It's okay. It's uh, it's, it's not actually any of the licensed Hercules stuff that no. was going on at the time. It was. There's yeah. one that's like based off of like the Xena Hercules, and I think that's no. a GBA game that I really no, liked. It's not that. It's not that. So this one was a top-down action adventure game, uh, done by Lucas Arts. Uh, it's it looks very similar to I do Zombies Ate My one. Neighbors, mm-hmm. because uh, obviously similar studio. Or I, I should say it plays very similarly, and the camera angle is very similar, but it looks a lot different. Yeah. It like it has kind of that same humor style. Uh, it was a really fun, fun ass game. Just you run around; it's one giant continuous map, and you are going to different areas and talking with the different gods and solving their their needs and stuff while you're also rescuing random people in the world. Um, it was cool because you'd fight this giant minotaur in this maze, which is such a cool boss at the time. You'd go into the Amazon forest and have to fight the, the female Amazon warriors. And it's all done with this like level of humor and brevity. You had a choice of uh, three different characters, so many different weapons. It was like the natural progression to Zombies Ate My Neighbors at the time. And um, in some ways, I do think Herc's Adventures is a much better game as a result. So I would, um, I don't know, I'd love to see that brought onto the service just because I, I don't think a lot of people have heard of or played that game. And yeah. I think it would be really cool t- for other people to kind of experience that game because I think that's one of those games that's kind of lost to history except for those who know about it. Yeah. For sure. I, I thought cool. about cheating for this question because it... Uh... It would have been very easy with the uh, Final Fantasy Origin or uh, mm. uh, what, what collection? Anthology. Is it Anthology? No, there's two of them. I'm just trying to remember the name of both of them. But there's there's thought, the one that has five and Fantasy. six, and there's That's the one anthology. that has four That's and Chrono yeah. Trigger. Yeah, that, yeah, Anthology is one you're thinking of. Anthology yeah. is is uh, five and six. Yeah, Anthology is five and six. But but either way, cheating by getting two games from. From a different system. <laughs> that's the that's the perfect win, though. Right. I'd like to I'd like to pick the uh, Pizza Hut PS One demo disc, the third one that it came with. Yeah. The, so the, I can the play downside. Intelligent Cube, and then also play Crash Two. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. The, the the downside to that is those are actually not the best versions. The six right. particularly has problems. It's hard. S- di- six had uh, had cycle based movement puzzles. In a dungeon near the that end, they didn't fix the clock for you. Yeah, yeah, that the the clock speed would cause them to just flash off and on, and you couldn't actually make it through the timing puzzles uh, without just getting extremely lucky. Uh, that sounds stressful. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 near the end of the game. You've you've put a lot of time into it before yeah. it gets to that point. It's gr- it's pretty great. It's pretty great design. I love game video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love video games. Uh, all PS1's in the books for us. What game we would like to see brought to the service? Let's start with PS2. Uh, Rich, what would be your PS2 game choice? PS2 uh, was a harder one for me to think about because PS2 has like one of the biggest fucking game libraries imaginable. 
Yeah. Um, and I found myself going down another hole of like, man, there's a lot of games that are definitely going to be on here. Um, and so this is another one. I don't, maybe you guys won't see this one coming just because I, I wanted to pick more so long shots and I'm like, God, I hope that's there. Guitaru man. Ooh, there you go. I've never even heard of that. Guitaru Man is a fantastic rhythm game that is like Japanese as hell. It is another one of those like way predating Guitar Hero stuff sort of delves into the idea of like very rock and pop heavy rhythm games. And it's got a very weird like anime Japanese aesthetic style. It's a cool fucking game. Um, I'm pretty sure copies of that game are really hard to come by. Uh, I've definitely looked into it in the past because I've wanted to own a copy of Guitar Man as an adult man, and they're they're pretty expensive as far as I can tell. What about a child man? Did you uh, want to own it as a child, child man? The child man in me is dead. <coughs> I killed him last night. The child man in me sees the child man in you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful in a lot of ways. Thank you. I, I wrote it myself. That's less beautiful because you're an adult. <laughs> Because I'm an adult man. Yeah. <laughs> adult man, man, So man. this game, like the game you're talking about, it really was a precursor to like Guitar Hero and all those other. Well, I mean, Dance Dance Revolution probably would be the most. Yeah. And this notable is, for a precursor. And Guitar Hero Man games. is definitely more comparable to like um, a Parappa the Rappa or something like that. Oh, yeah. OK. But oh, yeah. um, it, it was a really good one of those that kind of went underappreciated in a time when those sorts of game, those rhythm games were few and far between. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then we went through that surplus of them in the late two thousands, early 2010s. Yeah. They kept game stops afloat for about two decades. Look, mm-hmm. I love those games like still. Oh, so do I. I just, I, I, it's funny when you think about that at one stage in life, GameStop gave up like all of its real estate to house these big plastic controllers and then eventually was like, we need to get this shit the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And now those things sell for a sizable amount on like eBay and Amazon. As somebody who has the specialized rock band bass controller with the split strum bar. Oh, yes. uh, You can sell that for a pretty penny. Oh, really? I have that at my family's house. Yeah, that is that is if you were looking to make a quick buck, there are people who will pay for that. That's interesting. That's good to know. Yeah, I think I still have that somewhere. But I think back I think back to the time when I had like three or four of those controllers and I was like, eh, I don't need them anymore. And I just fucking dumped them in the dumpster. And now I yeah. hate my life for doing that. Mm. When you yeah. go into a GameStop and they're like, we won't give you any money for these, but we could throw them in the dumpster for you. Mm-hmm. Good old GameStop. Yeah. Never ceases to amaze. Josh, what is your choice for the PS2 game that you would pick? Um, kind of similar reasons. I it, the PS2 had a lot of kind of gimmick games coming out at the time because the end of that life cycle, everyone's like, "Man, we've got we've got to find something new to do with this hardware." You end up with stuff like SOCOM, bringing the headset on there for the voice controlled stuff, and the uh, the eye toy, kind of the you know precursor to the Connect type mm. type stuff uh, right one of those that i actually really like it's it's just it's fun another i didn't expect this going into this having two choices that were survival horror games but lifeline the survival horror 
where you are playing as a guy trapped in the security room of this this space station. Um, wow, I've never heard of that one either. Is it's it's a headset controlled survival horror game where you yell commands to another person oh. who is out who's not stuck in the control room, but you 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 know you can see all the cameras. And then your dad yells at you to go to bed because yep. it's three in the morning and you're shouting. Yeah, exactly. You're 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 sitting there just yelling at this other character. Duck! Fire! 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 Run! Um, Damn, but, you just lodged a very dormant memory of... Uh, I never played that game, but I remember hearing about it. Oh, yeah. I do remember the coverage for that. I never played it myself either. But it's it was really an interesting fun. concept at the time that I'm sure worked perfectly without any hitches. Um, mm. like it, I'm pretty sure the manual came with like a list of terms. Um that were like the obvious, if you don't know this, you won't be able to get through the game type stuff. Sure. Right. Um, but then also hidden in there, there were a bunch of other phrases that were just kind of, if you found them, you'd get unique reactions and whatnot. Um, which it, it just made it fun. It was just, you know. Yeah. That's very, very idea. gimmicky, a very different, different sort of thing, but it was actually really fun to play fairly solid game i don't know how well you know it would hold up if you're controlling a character directly because yeah. you know there's just that extra layer of abstraction is where a decent amount of the it difficulty the, came from the proper evolution of hey you pikachu mm-hmm. exactly that and all the controllers have you know microphones baked into them at this point now so it'd be an easy enough thing Oh, yeah, now I feel like that would just work better in general. We should re-release Hey You Pikachu on Switch, you cowards. Exactly. Why not? No, that's a a good choice. That's another game I don't think many people have probably heard of, so I like that. Yeah, another one of those sort of, I'm sure a lot of people's first headset, because similar situation to the Guitar Hero thing, SOCOM sold really well, and then everyone had those headsets. The voice that was that was my headset on PC for decades after that game came out because you could go in there pick up a really decent USB headset for like five bucks from any GameStop. Um, the good old days. Yeah, that that SoCom headset. Hmm. That's somewhere we around here in a box. We had it. Yep. I like that. I like that. That's a great choice, Josh. Um. Excuse me. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with my voice today. Um, I didn't play a lot of the PS2 that I had. I I usually use my PS2 to play PS1 games. <laughs> That's that was the kind of kid I was, and I ended up getting an Xbox around that time, so I focused more on that. But one of the games that I I really enjoyed on the PS2 that I don't think enough people played. I thought was really fun and really easy to get into at the time was Heroes of Might and Magic Quest for the Dragonbone Staff. And Heroes of Might and Magic is a very famous that title. Just kept going. Hold on, let me let me make it wrapped up, around um, to the back of the box. <laughs> Heroes of Might and Magic Quest for the Dragonbone Staff on top of Mount. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna keep going, but I was like, I got nothing. You should have scripted it. Fuck. No. Um. But it's it was a very famous PC series um, that came out. There there were a few different games in that. And basically, what would happen is you control a character, and you would choose the type, whether a necromancer, or a sorcerer, or a knight. And each um, each character has their own castle and their own 
set of um, army units. So like a knight would have paladins and cavaliers and archers, or the sorcerer would have more fantastical-based creatures like phoenixes and sprites and dwarves. And basically, you'd, you'd take the army, um, you'd go find enemies, and you'd be in a grid-based battle. You'd be on the left side, your enemy would be on the right side, and you'd clash your armies. And basically, it's about kind of uh, resource control, and it's about land, uh, area control. So it's, not, it's kind of like a turn-based RTS in a way. I guess I guess that's the best way I could describe I, I, it. I mean, I haven't played those ones, but I played Heroes Might Magic games. Yeah, yeah. And I'm more explaining it to the listeners. Yeah, of course, because yeah, yeah. I assume you guys probably know, but it was a really fun game at the time. Um, because I I had Heroes of Might and Magic two for the PC. I had the little floppy disk. Actually, this is how old I am. But um. No, not sorry. No, I didn't have the floppy disk for that one. I had the uh, the CD-ROM for that one. Excuse me, I had a floppy disk for uh, Feeding Frenzy. Really old ass game, but no. Um, and I didn't have a reliable computer at the time. Obviously, it's like two thousand. So my family um, didn't have the most reliable PC. So when that game actually came out for a console, I was really really happy because I was able to play it and i played the shit out of that game i played the ever-loving fuck out of that game i loved it so much play it all the time uh the only downside to that game is you didn't have campaigns like you did in the pc version it was a very watered down version of what the pc versions were but Mm -hmm. um the nice thing about that game it was brought to 3d where the previous games were 2d this game was 100 3d and also, I, I think it was kind of an easier version of the PC games. So it was a good entry point for those who had never played the games before. I think it's a really charming game, and I would love to see that one brought back because I would love to see even a new Heroes of Might Magic game in 2022. I would love that. So um, I, I, I know like any of the old heads um, here who played a lot of PC games back in the day are probably have probably at least heard of that game. And they're like, yeah, that'd be cool to see another one come back. So yeah. You know, Rich, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to, we're all going to take a bio break right now. Cause I got to go to the bathroom actually. And Josh just okay. left to go to the bathroom. So okay, we'll use yep. this as a natural break. And then we'll- like this isn't going to be, we'll actually run a commercial here. I just, I have to go to the bathroom too. Psst, Shay. Shay, you there? Yeah, what's up? I don't know if Josh can hear us. I hacked into his edit of the podcast so we could plug the other shows. Quick, we got, you gotta, gotta tell me what kind of new shows we have on the horizon. What's going on? What's in the feed? Okay, so it was like I was saying to my friend the other day that freedom isn't free, bitch. That's a reference for no one, but that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you about new episodes of Evoking the Sublime. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that podcast that I... Recently got three new episodes up on. Yeah. Thanks for pitching that, man. Thanks for plugging that. No, I am legally obligated to. Well, I heard you got some episodes up on uh, Jumping at the Bits. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, we got a new one up on Kirby where we talk about all about his history, his first two games in depth, and his just general facts about him overall. Oh, oh shit, here comes Josh. Uh, Josh, we were just we were just telling the people about uh, chomping after dark and nothing else like you requested. Maybe maybe you could tell them a little bit about that. Chomping after dark. Yeah, yeah you, you remember that. In, yeah, you know that one. While I'm editing. How did you get here? It's not important. The point is, Chopping After Dark is a show where we spoil video games and sometimes movies. I heard we do comic books occasionally and TV shows, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Occasionally we do do those things. Yeah, and you said doo-doo. <laughs> I did say doo-doo. It's funny because it comes from your butt. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, anyways, Josh, we'll let you get back to editing. Sorry about interrupting you. How did they even get into this edit? All right, so let's move on to the PSP next. Uh, Rich, what PSP game would you want to see brought back to the service? Or brought onto the service onto and my brought service. back in a way? Um, this one took me less time to think about. There were two front runners that anyone who knows me could probably guess. But the number one <laughs> choice, because there's literally nowhere else to play it, is Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. That's exactly what I thought you were gonna pick. Yeah, that was that was my choice for the exact same reason. It's it's the There's way to play. Absolutely nowhere else to play it than a, a PSP. My backup was Metal yeah. Gear Solid Peace Walker, but there are other places you can play that at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. It, well, that and it seems like a lot of that context is going to be necessary with their their you know. Final yes. Fantasy VII Remaster. After having played Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1, everyone who is invested in that and feels slightly confused about stuff going on should play Crisis Core if they have not. And yeah, it's a good action game that I... And this is a rarity because I feel like most things really don't do this. When you talk about a game as like influential as Final Fantasy VII, I think Crisis Core expands on the canon of Final Fantasy VII in interesting ways. Like, it is... It explores yeah. areas of that world that are worth exploring and expanding upon. Not all of it is like top tier content. Like some of it's a little dumb, but some of it is cool. Josh, that was your pick as well, right? Well, it was going to be. I, I assumed oh. Rich was was going to bring it up for the exact same reason you did. Um, so I, I actually I have another, but uh, that would have been my choice had it not been very obvious that Rich was going to pick that one. Um, mm. for all the reasons we just stated, um, right. for, for similar reasons, you, you can't play it elsewhere because in this case, because no one gave a shit, um, I'd like to see like a, you know, again, it's cheating, but there's, there's, there's not enough content there for a single one. The Metal Gear Acid games, if, if you have to choose two, but again, they, they have nothing really going on story wise they are buck fucking wild um just nonsense and that's saying something comparing them to the rest of the metal, the gear, metal gear franchise story. um i i i have a soft spot for those let's let's take a card system and and force it to work in another genre sort of a you know thing which we, mm. we've been seeing a lot of apparently other other indie devs have kind of the, the same same feelings as me uh, of being 
wrong about almost everything except this one thing. Um, with their card-based combat systems, um, a card-based tactics game is so cool. Um, it can be a little frustrating sometimes to, you know, not have the tactical options you want at a given time because of, mm. well, you just didn't draw them or, uh, like they're doled out at the end of missions and stuff, new cards. Um, maybe just, I haven't gotten that option yet, but I kind of like having to plan around, not always having exactly the tool you think you're going to have. Right. Uh, for a certain situation, I think it kind of makes you think on the fly more. Uh, and I know a lot of people, A, either didn't like that or, or B, got around it by just waiting around a lot until they got the option they wanted. Like, oh, I'll just, I'll just bide my time, draw a few more times. Hmm. It's, it's not a game for everyone, but... Yeah, I've heard it's pretty wild and out there at times. Yes. It's it is it is something I've got a soft spot for. Um just, you know, different completely different take on a tactics game. And I I really enjoyed it for that. Yeah, I, I think that would be a cool game for some of the fans of the series or the IP, I guess, who are not super familiar with this part of the IP to get some exposure to that. Yeah, yeah, like, again, they're completely side stories, sort of like the Game Boy, Metal Gear, and, and whatnot, where, like, there's, there's, there's no continuity to worry about, and it just goes completely off the rails, which, I don't know. I think a lot of people specifically didn't like it for that, because kind of at the time, this, this, was, this was the height of actually caring seriously about Metal Gear stories. Mm. Um, which was that that's misguided. Um, but I understand it at the time we were, we were a bunch right. of dumb teenagers. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it would be, I think getting new eyes on those games would, uh, would probably like now is the time for it. I, I think. I think it's it's been long enough that people would pick it up on a whim and and find something neat that they liked about this just weird game, right? Right. Or weird games. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's. I think that's a solid pick. Um. So my father bought me a PSP pretty much right when it came out, and all he all I really got for that system um was like the base game it came with and some some movies on those UHD discs. Yep. So I remember having Kingdom of Heaven on the on the PSP. I don't know why I remember having <laughs> that movie. That's the, the the perfect place to watch it. That's really the best version. That's so funny. And and the game that I played on it, the only one I remember is uh, Untold Legends Brotherhood of the Blade, which was the game that came with the PSP itself. Um it was a game that is akin to I'm trying to remember when that was. Was that like right off the bat? Like you were saying? It was pretty much right off the bat. It was a launch title. Okay. Game. Yeah. <laughs> uh it was a it was a Baldur's Gate style game. Um it kinda in the vein of something like Diablo or Torchlight in a way. Okay. Um where it's 
almost top down, not quite, but pretty close. And you're just wandering around areas, slaying monsters, picking up loot, and solving missions for people. Um, it's a pretty average game, to be honest with you. But I put so many hours into that game that I would Sounds love like to just a... be able to go back and play it again. Like, yeah. for, there's no like grander story to it or anything like that. I just want to play it again. Yeah, that that sounds like you got a better deal than but by the time I got around to getting one, it was But I think they made three models of the PSP cuz they had like the 1000, 2000 and 3000 series. I think I've got one of the 2000. It's like they kind of uh-huh. middle of the life cycle things. And I just got a media disc is all they called it. It was like media disc version 3 or 4 oh. or whatever. And it had like little clips like music videos and some shit on it. It was it was very underwhelming compared to a game that you apparently got bundled with it, and I, I, I kind of wish I had that to uh to play. Yeah, no, that, that was, sounds it was, cool. It was a fun launch title. It wasn't it wasn't great, but it was fun. But it's kind of crazy. Like you just brought that up, and us talking about the PSP, just random tangent. It's kind of <laughs> crazy to think about the two thousands, like the boon in technology that we had. Like we had, oh yeah, iPod classics, and we had. Um, cell phones that were starting to do more than just call people. We had these PSPs and PS Vitas, and now our smartphones do the work of like five different tech pieces that we were carrying around in our pockets and backpacks in the 2000s. It's kind of crazy to think about that. Yeah, no, the early early aughts, there were so many formats that came and went just in a flash because everyone assumed we needed some sort of new upgraded physical media for, for everything. Uh, and we ended up with like the UMDs on Sony's end. We ended up with mini discs. Um, I think, I think Panasonic made those, but, I, but Sony was using them and some of their players at the time. Um, and we had the, the Blu-ray and uh, HD DVD war raging at the time. Oh Yeah. Um, Dude, I, I fucking remember 2007 when I had a portable DVD player that I bought yep. to take with me on a bus ride from Montana to South Carolina. I just had this little clunky-ass portable DVD player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had we had the zip drives, which were basically floppy disk drives, but that, that had a tiny DVD stuck inside them. That Yep. Um, oh, fuck, man. That was, that was, was a wild a... time. Almost it none was. of the technology from that era still uh, connects to anything because it all just... It only existed for a couple years, and no one supported it after that. Right, because I love LaserDisc te- technology just kept advancing at such an accelerated rate. It's really crazy to think about, you know. Like it's crazy to see, or it was crazy because I'm not teaching in junior high school anymore. But like looking at some of those students, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, there have been so much technological advances from the time you were born to now, and you have no fucking idea, like how like just 12 years how much technology has advanced and it's 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 hard to keep that in perspective for for us because you know we've been living it but i had this really stark reminder as i started my new job that um they gave us company phones and they're they're kind of like emergency only like if we need if we absolutely need to make a phone call and the reason why i'm saying that is because we got flip phones i haven't used a flip phone god i love flip phones there's something about them, right? I feel like a businessman. Oh my god! I do. I've I seen, do. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who was making. I think it might actually. It, 
I can't remember, I can't remember if it's LG or Motorola, but somebody's making a smartphone that's a flip phone now. I believe it's Motorola. I think they put out smart versions of the Razer. Yeah, is what happened. That and, sounds right. And like, it's stupid, and it's using like that flexible display technology, which I don't really think is going to stick for another while until it's perfected but like mm. part of me is like I, I i fucking need this stupid flip phone right. Be- yeah you guys right. remember that when then like the motorola razor was the phone to have jesus christ yes yep the that was the first phone i ever got that razor is one of the best designed pieces of consumer technology yeah it, it just from not not from a functionality standpoint they had weak hinges and kind of broke because that was very easily that that was that but was the way to look, make things at the time they look good doing it yes they did that is a sexy piece of technology that is that is a good you looking flip phone. that thing open with authority and you're like yep. hello oh yes i i liked like the very top of it was super thin oh god right that phone one of the most the volume buttons on that machine are some of the best volume buttons and we've been chasing the high of the volume buttons on the <laughs> motorola razor since that day <laughs> i dream of those days but no like so like they were we were looking at the phones and i was like fuck i forgot how to get in the menus in this phone and like i was like just yep. like pressing buttons i was like shit how do i operate this shit <laughs> i couldn't remember it wasn't even really that long ago it was less than half my lifetime ago but still it feels like forever ago and that's just a credit to how much technology has advanced so Yep. It's kind of crazy, like, the PSP, out of all four of these, these uh, categories, really made me feel that way. Like, wow, we have mm. really come so far, technologically speaking. Yeah. But, the PSP um, kind of had a similar... Even at the time, it had this feeling of the battery life was atrocious. It, it felt like, oh, we're, we're at... We're, you could tell when it came out that it was the beginning of of a transition again in technological power because it had so many of the issues that shit in the early 90s and late 80s had with like the original game boy going through you know 48 batteries in a two-hour period and the game gear requiring all 48 at the same time um my dad had to get a second job so i could keep playing sonic 2 on the game gear exactly (laughs) and and the psp especially that launch version Felt the same, where you could run it for 45 minutes on a single charge. Um, I remember, actually, my first day with my game gear, after, you know, killing the battery in one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, my dad came home from work with some rechargeable batteries for me. <laughs> Smart man. Because he's yep. like, we're not, we're not doing this again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking PSP, good times. Interesting times. Hello but uh, the last one we're going to be talking about is the PS3. So, so, Rich, what PS3 game would you choose? PS3 one was another one that like racked my brain for a bit because uh, Josh and I were saying privately, actually, like the thing with the PS3 is I feel like most of the big ones uh, that you want to play are available somewhere like in a convenient fashion. The PS3 just kind of got that treatment. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to give one that I don't necessarily think is an underappreciated game, but uh, it's one I feel like not everyone has played, and it's a good PS3 exclusive. White Knight Chronicles. Mm. Um, I don't know if either of you are familiar with that game. I did um, not play it. 
It is an anime ass action game. Um, where the whole premise is, uh, and this is one of the first games that did this sort of thing that I always love this feature. Um, when you start White Knight Chronicles, you create a character. Your create a character is not the main character of the game. He's just one of your party members. Hmm. And there is an online mode where you can do quests with other players that you play as your create a character in. Like they go there, they get extra gear, they bring it back. But your create a character is not the protagonist. Huh. And it's an interesting idea, and I had a lot of fun playing that mode with a couple friends. That's neat. Um, and then, like, aesthetically, though, I really like White Knight Chronicles. The main character basically um, ends up stumbling upon these, I, I think they're, like, gauntlets you wear that end up giving you access to this magical armor, and it is one of those anime-ass fantasy things they do where the titular white knight armor is a literal mech. Like, there's no way around it. It's a fucking magical mech. It's huh. really cool. It's got style. It was one of the first PS3 games that, like, really wowed me from a sense of, like, looking at it. It was like, this is the future of what video games are going to look like. And it was just very up my alley. I haven't played it in years. I don't know if it would really hold up, but I remember liking it quite a bit. Hey, that would still be cool, though. I think that'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. And I believe they came out with a second one that I never played. Not good enough. I guess not. Not good enough, Rich. I need the full scoop. Yeah, there is a White Knight Chronicles 2. God, we should make, we should make time. We should make <laughs> time. Someday. And then, yeah, that is a Sony... That, it could be there. It is a, uh, it's a Japan Studio game. Level 5 in Japan Studio. There you go. If you ever need me to go search for those for you, just let a boy know. God, I might, I might end up taking you up on that. This might now. This is the uh, front of my brain. I'll talk about this more next week, probably. Um, I'm gonna be at PAX soon uh, with one Ray McGill, and there's always a lot of booths at PAX that are just stacked with people selling old games. Um, might might go on the hunt for this one there, cause you know sometimes you're you're itching for it. Yeah, you gotta scratch the itch. I get that. I feel that. Hell yeah. Hell I yeah. Love to scratch itches. Tell everyone. I love to scratch bitches. Tell no one. You'll get in trouble too. Yeah. Let's both get in trouble together, Rich. No, Josh, what is your pick for the PS3 game? I mean, like, Rich, we, we were actually talking about this on break. Um, about, yeah, the PS3. <clears throat> it had a decent amount of exclusives that have then since got, you know. I... I feel like the height of the console wars was this generation of PS3 and 360. And so there were, there were quite a few exclusives that like, Oh, I, I hope we can play this on other, other stuff going forward originally, but then have since been ported to newer stuff because cropped up elsewhere. Yeah. Cause everyone realized, yeah, that was dumb. Why, why were we, why were we splitting, you know, our player possible player base in half? Um, and so we've, we've seen a lot of games from that era kind of getting, you know, ports fairly soon after on, on, on everything else. Uh, so it's, they're, they're easy to track down. Um, right. The, the few games that didn't, I think, are kind of really cool artifacts of that time and I think would be cool to see come back because gaming changed a lot during this generation 
Um, and a lot of it was very ugly growing pains. But it's still really cool to kind of see some of that history that hasn't been kept up with as much. I, I want to see Heavenly Sword on this new service. Mm. Because that game... The forgotten, the forgotten Daughter. Yeah, yeah. Kind of got pushed out there, promoted a lot. Everyone forgot about it after the fact because... Didn't it get an anime? Maybe? That sounds right. I'm not... Yeah, I think you're right, Rich, I, actually. I, yeah. Um, but it was, it was a unique concept, a good, solid combat system in it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, like, it deserves to, you know, not just get erased like that. It would, be, it would be really cool to see that on the new service. Mm. Yeah, fuck, I forgot about Heavenly Sword. That was another one I was thinking about too, but like, um, I I actually I wasn't sure anyone would say Heavenly Sword, but I always feel like White Knight Chronicles is one of those games I've only ever heard like a handful oh, yeah. of other people talk about, and it felt very personal to me for that reason. Oh yeah, it's exactly. not a small game. It was Japan Studio. People definitely knew about it. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So my choice is not like originally I was thinking about saying Heavy Rain to Rich's uh, disdain. But that game really doesn't hold up at all, um, unfortunately. Also, it's a very, very yeah. difficult game to control in 2022. So I yep. actually decided to go Jason! with the first... <laughs> Jason! Jason! No, I decided to go with the uh, first infamous game as my choice. Okay. Um, sure. I thought that game was so fucking awesome and creative for its time. And Infamous 2 was a pretty good game, too. Obviously not as good as the first, and there's like some the controversy around more. the changing voice actor and the changing accent of the voice actor in the second one, and the third one was uh, not a good game. It, but It's funny you say that, though. I think the second one is so much better. I think both of them are phenomenal games. I personally like the first one better, but um, I still think the second one is such a great game as well. I don't think the I, first one's bad. Maybe it was a little too edgelord for me. Yeah. I think in retrospect, not at the time. In that's, retrospect, it was a little too edgelord for me. Yeah, that's probably I think, true. I think I think that series kind of goes back to my ugly growing pains thing with like they're they're not bad games, but everyone had to have a morality system in them, and they literally have identical choices in this game. It's just all the identical abilities will be red or blue based on what choices you make during the game. Look, um, the the best piece of infamous content ever is that. Uh, expansion for two with the vampires where they just fuck all pretense and go yeah vampires are like blood conduits or something and I'm like sure I'm into it <laughs> yeah but no that I think that game was a lot of fun I would love to see kind of a Modern. revitalization of it because I thought that there was a lot there for them to do but oh, they, yeah. they kind of squandered it over time unfortunately especially with a uh, second son which was just you know, you know what's funny is Second Son is not great. Last Light, the expansion for Second Son is pretty good. He ah, yes, plays yeah. a totally different character. And they ended up releasing that expansion as a standalone. Like, I think you could buy it for, like, 20 bucks and just play that. Um, yeah, maybe someday I will. It, it, what's unfortunate is because I do Infamous is really cool. And obviously you can see, like, the DNA of what Infamous became in the Insomniac Spider-Man games now. Yeah, yeah. And it, it becomes one of those, like, 
Infamous is really cool. Insomniac will never go back to it because now they're allowed to make fucking Spider-Man games. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, like, there's there's so many cool ideas that got started there. And also a bunch of stuff that did, you you had to do at the time that was also in there. Um, yeah, but the, it's yeah. it's one of those things, though, you kind of see where the hard work pays off because, like, now yep. the guys that made their own very successful clearly cribbing from we're going to make an open world superhero game that's an original IP and they did well enough doing that that now they are the guys making the best Spider-Man video games I think I don't think there's anyone that would argue with you Insomniac Spider-Man games are the best oh yeah licensed yeah. Spider-Man games ever so good mm. so good yeah so maybe we could say that Infamous walked so Spider-Man could swing Swing. Yeah, yeah. Like again, like even going back to them now, the game feel is super tight. Like they just they control so well. Um, yeah, they're a joy to play. Like it yeah. from what I can remember, at least. Like you feel that Spider-Man DNA in there. And I like I remember Cole feeling like a dream to control. Yep. Hmm. For sure. It's a good choice. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, like I I didn't open this up to the uh, listeners. I figured that we were probably going to go longer on this topic, so I decided to not open it up this week. Um, I've been doing a pretty bad job about that this month, or <laughs> the past few weeks, actually, of uh, not getting the listeners' opinions on that. That's my fault, but, you know, it happens. But I, I don't know. I think there are a lot of games that you could pick for each console. I think the PS3 is probably the easiest one just because there are a lot of ways to get a lot of the games on that system, but... Uh, it's, some it's always of them, fun to kind of some think of about them. It seems like a lot of the third-party stuff, because it wasn't just made for the PS3, has been easier to get a hold of. There, there, there are a few like this is an exclusive type games that just kind of disappeared after the fact. Um, mm. Which is which is sad. Yeah, um, it's a shame. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But um, should should we take a break or should we just keep going? Either way, I think we've got time for polls, but we could. Polls? We We got games games to talk about still. Games. Well, I don't remember the order you do stuff in. I just sit here and answer when a question comes my way. Um, I don't know. We could do like one or two games and then take another break. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a different flow. We'll try it out. We'll Mm -hmm. see how it works. Okay. Just because I feel like it's too early to take another break, but we definitely should take another break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Okay, well, then let's get into the games. Rich, uh, you put more time into Ghostwire Tokyo, which um, is a game that I think got a little bit overshadowed on the tail end of last month, but yeah. Sure. I don't know if... Delve into that one. I don't know if it's overshadowed or if it's just not that good. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, I really want to like it. This game feels like something that got changed in development a lot, and it feels like it's just not all the way there. Like, it was plain to see as you put some more time into it, because there's area of the game where, like, some side quests feel very simple and fetch questy, and then there's, like, a handful that seems super fleshed out. Oh, yeah. In a way that it seems like that's what they wanted to do, and just looking at the credits for that game is enough to tell you uh that some something was going on during development here uh i mean like people that were like pinned as creative directors are now only in the, like the special thanks section of the uh the credits because they left during the project 
the stuff combat feels decent. I feel like once you're a few hours in, you kind of have all that the combat's going to show you all the elemental powers and stuff. You can get in the flow of it. And yeah. it's one of those games that now feels very checklisty. So I'm probably going to see it through to the end because I can kind of turn off and just enjoy what I'm doing. But I can't help but feel like there's a lot of missed opportunity here. Like occasionally you get one of those side quests that feels super fleshed out, but then everything yeah. else just kind of falls flat around it. The world is gorgeous, but it just feels like something that got halted somewhere. Like if it was trying to be more and some something changed. Yeah. Um, since the last time we talked about this, I stopped playing it and also forgot that I stopped playing it. And that's telling. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a, Oh, I've been busy. Oh, I like, I mean to come back. I forgot that I was in the middle of this game. Yeah. And I was really enjoying my time with it. Like, it, like it seems like nothing's broken, but it also seems like there's nothing. When I'm playing it, I'm enjoying yeah. it, but there's never anything that's like drawing you back. Like I'm never yeah. itching to get back to Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, mm -hmm. It's really pretty. Moving through that world is fun, but it just feels like it's a by the numbers open world game that at some point looked like it was trying to be more and yeah. something happened somewhere along the way. And it's it's not bad by any stretch. It's just not remarkable. And I feel like it could be. I feel like yep. it's like 60 to 70 percent of the way there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like. It, like it doesn't even feel like oh the open world just got tacked on or anything like it feels like they meant to flesh it out more or or it's and there's it's, just it's hard to even pin down yeah. it's like um yeah it just it it does it feels unremarkable by the time you're done with it which is a shame because the like artistic design is still amazing like it's it is a gorgeous game it is it, it's gorgeous but then you feel like you've seen everything too fast like yeah. there's only so many different enemy types and then at a certain point it feels like 90% of the side quests are i'm going to talk to this person they want me to go here i'm going to do an arena fight oh yeah yeah exactly and like and you can see it coming up like like in a way that you haven't since like like the last generation that we've been talking about like oh I'm going to go in there and get locked in with a bunch of enemies. Like it's, it's just, it's yeah. fucking obvious. And, type and then beyond, situations. yeah, like 90% of the side quests are that. And then occasionally you'll find one that is like wholly unique and it's, Oh, this specific yokai is causing this problem. Like I did one, uh, where a, there's a spirit in Tokyo who's like missing its, their umbrella and it's raining. Oh yeah. And they talk about this type of yokai that like steals, uh, umbrellas or whatever you go into the park and you have to wait for it to start raining so the yokai will appear and then you have to like follow behind it when it gets tired as it hops along with his umbrella and stuff like that feels like a well fleshed out side quest that is wholly unique and has a unique yokai in it and all that kind of stuff yeah and, yeah i think there are a few things there like that they, they've got you can find notes of the uh the ghost who's inhabiting your body before he died or or whatever of yeah. like things he was researching and go find them. And it's Yeah, you can pick up like these cold cases because he was a paranormal investigator living yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah, and it's like that feels so ridiculously cool. And then you get just the stupid checklist open world quest design stuff that's just I there. Get, I, I'm mostly done with this game. So I'm gonna say this isn't spoilery, but I wanna say it kind of I just want to let you guys know what you're in for. 
this is the part of, that feels very underdeveloped to me and why I definitely think something changed along the way. When you start that game, the, the main antagonist, Josh, who, you know, you've seen a handful of times at yeah. this point. They do that intro where they show, like, all his, like, lieutenants or whatever. Yeah. And there's basically pictures of them tied up to, like, different districts within Tokyo. So I kind of assumed that's the path they're going to take is there's a different boss controlling different sections of Tokyo. That doesn't happen at all. You fight all of them within the last hour of the game. Ha! Huh. That, that's really weird. It yeah. feels like at some point they were going to flesh out the story more and there were going to be like districts controlled by different lieutenants. And then somewhere along the line, that idea got ditched and they all got pushed into the end game. Yeah, it really does sound that way. Um, man, it, it, it seems like a shame because there's again, like you said, there's a, so there's much a ton here. of stuff to love. Like you'll stumble into it and be like, wow, this is amazing. And then and then it'll be just just buy the book stuff for long stretches between those. And none of that stuff is bad. It's just completely unremarkable. Exactly. It's a shame, but you know, the, I think these things happen a lot in games and it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better. I think. And I know that sounds like a very generic thing to say, but what I mean by that is we've seen that crunch culture and, uh, top executives, uh, shareholders kind of trying to get some directive on what should be happening in the game. And it often doesn't turn out well. And I think we've been seeing more recently in the media people talking about these things that are happening. So I'm hoping that right now it's obviously not entirely getting better at, at the rate it should be, but it's going to eventually get there to where these things are going to be less commonplace, but I, I'm yeah. not surprised to hear that. I really was hoping that this would be a great game. It was actually the game that really made me want to get a PS5. I, I haven't gotten one, but and I, this studio I, is one I love. Like I, I know mm. not everyone is super hot on them, but I absolutely love the Evil Within games. Hmm. Yeah i I would love I would love to um play this game, and I I would I would really hope that it was a great game. I'm sure there's some fun to be had in it, but that's unfortunate. Yeah, I feel like not. I feel like a guide to the content that is worth seeing would be really welcome for a game like this. Doing most of those like named side quests is not completely insurmountable. Like it's not gonna chew up a ton of your time. Um, as far there's a ton of collectible stuff that just isn't really worth it. Like to go look for all the tanuki and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, that would be time consuming. What I will say, uh, especially for you, Shay, saying like I would like to check this out at some point because I do think there is stuff worth seeing. Obviously, Bethesda is now owned by Microsoft, but Sony had an exclusivity deal for this game. Uh, this will probably have a PC and Xbox. Like, there is a PC version. There, on there's Steam, a PC version that's, that's only on you... Epic currently. It, yeah, it's it's on Steam. Is it on Steam? It's on Steam. Okay, I thought, um, it was, I thought that was one of the Epic only. I think it's a year long exclusivity thing. So I'd bet you in about a year you see this on Game Pass. That's exciting. Yeah, it could pop in there. I could see that happening. That it's it's a Microsoft owned studio. So once the exclusivity deal is up, I would be shocked if it does not appear on Game Pass and if an Xbox version does not appear. Oh, yeah. And I would absolutely recommend it for that sake. Like because again, it's it's not so pretty too. it's so it is that that Tokyo like open world is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. the neon and the rain it's, it's yeah it's like the aesthetic was the biggest thing that was drawing me into that game i mean everything else was kind of like 
a of course uh a cherry on top but that aesthetic was just so amazing yeah it's one of those situations again where you're like this seems like it took an unfortunate turn maybe there's a really good ghostwire tokyo 2 at some point well hope so or i hope so but yeah i'm not gonna hold my breath on that no nor would i but uh just Mm-hmm. It's a shame. This was one I know you were super excited about it, Shay. I love this studio. I love horror games. It was giving me real Bioshock vibes when we first saw all that gameplay footage. Yeah. And there's just something missing. It's like 60% of the way there. That's a shame. That's a shame. It's it kind of reminds me of, like maybe that's going to be this year's Biomutant. Yeah. No, I I, yeah, I can I've I, got that sort of feeling. Like this, it's just not not all together, yeah. But like, there's something to like. There's something to like for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's that yeah, was Bio, a story. Bio like Mutant had more of a fable sort of feeling to me of like, <laughs> let's let's keep making this game and keep making it until eventually we, we we've made like three other games that kind of suck along with the one part that was good. Sort of a feel to it, <laughs> and one of them has a dog. Yeah. Well, you just like just just kept making the game and adding everything that kind of doesn't work as well along with the you know the core that you know there's still something charming something fun there but video games yeah that's anyway that's that's more the feeling i get from biomutant but where's this i feels love like, anime anyway i too love anime stranger <laughs> all right well next uh i believe rich you also played a game called weird west yes i did um this is a uh this is on Game Pass, Weird West. Um, it is a top-down CRPG, like very much um, in those Christian old... RPG? Yeah, for Christian people. Um, I wanted to pull up who the developer was, because I'm trying to find... There, there's definitely is, some... Uh, the, it's, the, it's the old Prey guys, right? Like... Yes, yes, that's who I was trying to remember, who, who it was. Um... There's some some of those people involved, but basically, uh, one, it's got a really cool, like almost cell shady comic booky art style to it. Yeah. Um, but the setting is kind of what draws you in in a lot of ways because it's got a hell of a setup. It is set in the the Wild West, but the Weird West. Basically, it is well, a no, like the Wild West, like, but with demons, the, like the Wild Wild West, the Wild Wild yeah. West, but with demons. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, uh, the, the, the setup has you playing as a character. I believe her name is Jane. It is a named character who is a former bounty hunter. And when the game starts, a gang shows up on your property, kills your child and kidnaps your husband. And you are forced to dig up your old bounty hunting gear and come out of retirement to try and track down your husband and kill the gang that uh, took him a hostage. You can optionally bury your son before you do so. I did that because I'm not a monster. Um, this game is really punishing in ways I kind of like. There's a stealth mechanics. Feels very Fallout 1 in a lot of ways, if that wants to give everybody... That um, speaks to me. ...an an idea of uh, what level of CRPG this is. Um, variety of different weapon types. And as I said, the tone is kind of everything because it is a Wild West where just... Sometimes they talk about there being zombie outbreaks. Like, you don't want to go over here, because once a zombie outbreak starts, things get pretty bad. Um, The gang you're pursuing at the beginning, they are just this kind of small-time 
gang who all of a sudden is causing a lot of problems for people in this township. And you very quickly find out it's because their new leader is a literal demon. Um, <laughs> like they were running guns and doing normal stuff. And now a demon has taken charge of the gang and the, the gang is forced into a lot of more human trafficking because this demon eats people. Um, there's a ton of, uh, you, you can kill literally any NPC in the game. They immediately encourage you to use F5 to quick save just so you can quick save a lot and just try killing things and see what happens. Um, <laughs> the overworld map is, I, I like this idea because there's a, uh, you're just looking at the map and you basically click to go to a town or an area and it just tells you how much time passes to get there. Uh, a few hours in, I figured out that you could just click at a random spot on the map and it'll like just load you into like the woods and you can hunt like it's Oregon Trail or something <laughs> uh, and just stock up on meat or whatever you need. It is a dense ass text heavy CRPG and I really, really like it. It's I like games wonky. that go out of their way to tell you what the quick save and load buttons are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the reasons I've really enjoyed where the, uh, uh, you know, Desperados and, uh, um, fuck, what's, what's this shadow of the Shogun? That doesn't sound uh, right. Blade of the Shogun? Anyway. Blade of the Shogun, yeah. It, that that it, series more, is gone. The, the Commandos games. J Josh, you yeah. know what type of game this is, because it's telling, yeah. when it first tells you about the quick save, you've walked into an area where there are two bandits standing at the base of a hill that has a barrel on top of it. And there's a dedicated <laughs> kick, kick button. You there know you what go. this game wants you to do. Exactly. That's... <sighs> um, yeah, all that sort of interactivity stuff, like there's barrels full of oil that you can spill out, and now fire does more damage. You can, you know, knock over barrels of water, and now electrical attacks will do more damage. It is that type of game. Um, it is... If you're, you know, you play your cards right, you could really ambush well on a lot of people. But if you're not careful, you're going to be doing a lot of kiting of enemies and trying to save your own skin. You know, this, this, uh, this reminds me, there was kind of a revival of this a while ago that I never got around to playing just because we were busy at the time that with the, the Wasteland games, like two yes. and three that came out. Did you get around to playing those? I played a little bit of Wasteland 3, and I've always wanted to go back to it, time permitting. Yeah, I, I, uh, same way. I think I those. bought them and then just never got around to them, because it's like, yeah. This they can one, be I'm, huge I'm, time sinks that, like, I know I love it, but also I'm like, do I have 200 hours for this? Exactly. I'm trying to sink as much time into this one as I can, just because not only is it one of those in all the ways I like, but I just love the setting so much. Like, this demon and monster filled wild west is a really unique setting yeah and i it's 40 dollars, but it is on game pass uh pc game pass worth pointing out i don't know if it's on regular console game pass i i, I don't know we should look that up uh i can't imagine this would be a lot of fun to play on a console it would be tough it would be tough but i've i've seen it attempted it's Yeah, I yeah, it looks interesting and it sounds interesting. I I hadn't really heard of it until you had mentioned it. It kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't something I was following, but uh, I saw it pop up on Game yeah, Pass it looks like it's earlier on in the week. 
Looks like oh, it's okay. on console. So there is a console version. Yeah. There, the actual combat, aside from it obviously being a CRPG, has a very twin stick shooter feel to it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I imagine with guns that would probably well. translate better to to a controller. Like yeah, the 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 combat will feel good, but feels just as good with a mouse and keyboard. Hmm. But yeah, Weird West, $40. If you're into those types of games, I think the Wasteland series that Josh mentioned, like old school Fallout, it's very much one of those. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for detailing that, Rich. Of course. Uh, Josh, you played Patrick's Parabox. Oh, yeah. This is one I've been waiting for for a while, just because it's, it's been making the rounds, at, you know, at, at different... Uh, shows for the last few years mm. um like it's it's it it looks it it looks very straightforward box pushing type puzzle game like very obviously indie ass indie puzzle game um with the kind of twist the like the big conceit for this one being that um Boxes can also contain portions of the level. Um, like kind of EG, the box you're pushing around might actually be the square room that you are in at the moment. Um, and you are oh. pushing it around inside itself or, or maybe it's inside another box that's inside of that. Um, and so a lot of the puzzles kind of revolve around not just, you know, pushing something the way you want to, but like, okay, if I push it out of this exit of the room, it'll show up here inside the room I'm in now, um, sort of a, uh, a feeling to it, which gives you not just spatial, but kind of, uh, try it. It's like you're solving a block puzzle inside multiple TARDISes. Yes, yeah, no, 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 absolutely that. Um, and it is really satisfying because of that. Um, like, a, a few of the levels early on were just, like, just even trying to grasp the concept were ridiculous. And then, you know, a few levels, well, not levels, but, like, a few worlds down the line, they're doing just completely insane stuff. Um. But because at that point, at least I'd kind of wrap my head around, you know, the physics of 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 kind of interacting with this weird movement system. Like some of those some of those puzzles ended up feeling easier just because the conceit itself was kind of the hard part of of, of learning. You know how these puzzles worked in the first place. Um it's it's really satisfying it's it is just just a new take on this style of push a push a push a box somewhere push a block somewhere you want it to be um mm. that makes it just feel really satisfying kind of, kind of in a similar way of like baba is you pushing puzzles whereas in that one you're pushing the game code um in order to make the rules of the world change um Personally, I think that's much more revolutionary as far as, uh, you know, how long it'll stick with me afterwards. But this is still really cool, just from a conceptual level. Um, yeah, this this is this has kind of been my 
turn turn on a show and a game at the same time sort of a thing uh, like okay yeah, I'm, I'm gonna turn this on an, watch a show each type scenario yeah that? just kind of kind of think about how i'm gonna solve this puzzle while i'm doing something else because sometimes it really is just a matter of getting your head around it. it's not a matter of like kind of brute forcing you know pushing boxes all over the yeah. place to having to your focus slightly elsewhere is sometimes the easiest way to wrap your head around oh yeah like yeah that. yeah and this this is definitely feels like that and i've been really enjoying kind of using it for that purpose um that's cool yeah yeah really really cool game um again like i've kind of had my eye on it for a while just because i've you know watched a lot of the shows that it's been in since since you know sure during development i I had not seen that but looking at some some footage here while you were talking it looks it looks interesting oh yeah fun times it's like it is very straightforward like art direction is not it's it's get the job done sort of an art style it It, it, it does what it it does to do exactly like again it doesn't feel like it asks more of you than what it is it is very much focused on this is a neat puzzle put some time into figuring it out we're not going to try to gussy this up past get the job done like there's not a story in there or anything to distract from it i know this isn't really what it is but there are definitely some similarities the art for whatever reason i guess just looking at your little character there it reminds me of the nintendo classic box boy yeah yeah Fair enough. Cool. Everybody loves Box Boy. Box. Nobody knows what I'm talking. Everybody about. loves boxes too. Cats, people, mm-hmm. young True. adult males, um, solid snakes, solid snakes. Yep. Yeah, liquid snakes. I was yeah. gonna say liquid snakes. You beat me. Punished venom snakes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I don't have a lot to say on triangle strategy. I just wanted to say, kind of like reaffirming the thoughts that I had last. Last time we talked that I've been getting a lot more into the game and I've really been enjoying the different styles of fights that you do in the game. Um, I had the first the first battle that really took a lot of thinking from me. Um, there's a part I, without revealing what's happening in the plot um, where you are kind of forced to divide your army against two other armies and. Um, it's a rainy level, Rich, if you know which level I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. That level gave me some trouble. There's, uh, I, th- I think I reset that one once. It might have taken me one or two tries, but eventually I like, you kind of need to learn what units you're going to be relying on for a battle like that and going, okay, well, this character kind of needs to like turtle up and just pick them off as they approach. There's the deeper you get into that game the more strategy it asks of you, but also I think it gives you more and more tools, even within the levels themselves, to properly execute that strategy. For sure, for sure. One of the mindsets I I had to get out of when I first started this game is I don't necessarily need to end the level with everybody being alive. That's that's a strategy that I used to like to really employ in the past, and um, it's not necessary in this game. Uh, Sometimes you have to let people drop sometimes you have to use people as distractions and kind of calculate going in like this soldier is not going to survive this skirmish but he's going to hold off x enemy for however number of turns right yeah the nice thing is unlike the older fire emblem games that this game doesn't have permadeath which is yeah. really nice so you you are 
it is it is more typical of a chess game where there are times where you are going to have to sacrifice a character to get mm-hmm. one or two steps ahead in order to make the next play. And I really like that about this game. It's it's kind of shifted my mentality or not my mentality, my mindset when it comes to um, tactics based yeah, games. One, once you get that out of your head and you're like, this isn't XCOM, I don't need to hold back from getting these names on my memorial. Like people are going to drop and they're going to be back in the next battle. It's not a big deal. Right. And the nice thing about those like mental mental battles that you do practice battles that you do in the encampment that you can always just grind and get their levels back up which doesn't take long at all which has been the nice thing about this game absolutely um a couple a couple other things i i wanted to say about the game is uh or not josh uh, rich and i were talking about this the the quietest um abilities Uh, and the quietest points so this is something that uh is really not advertised well enough in the game when you're They don't in the really battle. talk about it at all. They did when it's first introduced and then it's gone. And hmm. what that is just for some context is it gives you like you can I'm trying to think of where I want to start with this. When you're when you're doing when you're fighting in the battles, you will get certain points for doing certain things. Like if you backstab somebody, you get a point. If you're able to hit three enemies with a spell, you get a point. If you're able to hmm. um heal three of your al- allies in one turn, with a character you get uh, a point and you can spend these points in a with a specific merchant and you will get certain things like you can get some like uh story paraphernalia which will just give you more about what's happening in this in this world Items but you also can weapons. buy these things called quietuses which are basically these abilities that are controlled by you and not the characters they're run through you essentially they're like tactical mm. Uh, abilities basically that's the way i've been thinking about them it's like you're the tactician overseeing the battle and you're implementing this action right exactly so you have ones that are like um you get like a free healing spell or you can um basically tell your character which any one of your characters that they their turn is next no matter the turn order your character's turn hmm. is next, or, or other things of that. Benedict nature. also has a move that just does that called "You Next," which I use a lot. I that's almost exclusively what he's used for for me, and yeah. then um, I that's I have a, that quite a point yeah. for that as well. That's a, that's one of those abilities that is neat in theory, but I kind of um the dog in War Groove has that as his thing, and it always feels. Yeah, it always feels like uh, this is one of the strongest characters in the game. And then I use this ability to let someone who's who's not him get an extra turn like well, it it this in this game it's given to somebody who doesn't hit that hard. It's given to a character who is like your tactician class. Yeah. Like Benedict has a lot of abilities like that for he he is the buff buffing character okay um and to give him an ability that it's literally called you next yeah and it well, all is yeah, whoever the, the uses it, it on axe next exactly like the, the the way it works in war groove is that it it's everyone who's next to you is how it ends up being balanced to make it feel good like okay like i'm obviously your commander is one of the strongest characters or if if you somehow position perfectly you could get four extra moves out of this so yeah, I, I, that I, I that's beneficial. That um, I can understand. Yeah, like that's 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 one of the neatest abilities conceptually to me. But I've, I like it seems like it's really mixed in execution in some games. But yeah, 
this this one like you never feel like you're overly powerful when you're using it like you're the, mm. most of the time when you're using this ability you're trying to get your yourself out of hot water or you're trying to just finish put, like off. just basically give mm. yourself the ability to just ever so slightly move up like you're not you're not swinging the battle generally when you're using that move and it's also Sometimes due to the fact it's also due to the fact that you only have a certain amount it's not like hp points i don't know i can't remember what they're called in this game but health points uh, no yeah. uh basically you have an ability you can use and you only have a set amount of points to use that ability so for example oh, the D style the action points. action points yes there thank we. you oh okay yes um so it's it's very expensive to use that ability so you can't spam it and um yeah, it's it's not something that's generally going to turn the tide of the battle, but it is going to help you get closer to turning the tide of the battle. So, um, okay. but anyways, back tangents aside, uh, no more distractions, motherfuckers. Uh, anyway, so the quietest abilities are something that like are introduced at the beginning of the game, and then they're never really mentioned again. So a lot of the time, I forget that it exists, and I can use that ability, but they're really powerful abilities so you don't want to forget about them um you don't need to get through the game with you don't need to have them in order to get through the game but they are um i can concur because i literally never use them right (laughs) right i i remembered in that exact battle i was just talking about i was like oh yeah shit those exist and it made it a lot easier and i wish that the game advertised that a little bit better Hmm. Um, I I never used them in my initial playthrough, and I wish I could tell you that was because I was trying to prove a point, but that was because I would always forget about them in the heat of battle. Right, right, and that's that's just to my point that they, I think it needs to be a little bit more signposted. There, that there needs to be exists. something in the UI to remind you, like, hey, you can you have quietest points, you can use like these abilities. X number per per battle, sort of a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if it was something like the first character that can move in your entire turn you know like you have the character who has the highest speed so they always go first um having like having a reminder like you have this many quietest points when it hits that point you know the funny part is if they did do that you know we'd be complaining about how like that pops up too much like i get it i have quietest points (laughs) well yeah that's probably true but like what about the ability to at least toggle it on and off Sure, yeah. It seems like it I should mean, be a UI element or something. That, that's what I'm saying. I feel like there should just be a number, like a, a gauge that tells you how many quietest points you have somewhere on the UI. For sure. For sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, that was, that was one of the things that I was thinking about recently. I mean, it's such a minor thing, but... Uh, it's worth bringing up because I completely had forgotten about them until you brought them up to me in a private conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I think sure. only, only proves your point. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing I'm not really digging and it's not like a big deal. It's just like for me, I, I like I want more of it is the Met. I think they're called the Medal of Bravery or something like that, where yeah. those are the things you use to promote your characters. It is so hard to come across those fucking things. Is it? I feel like I had I maybe like 10 ish hours in. I had everybody upgraded at least once. I don't. And some of the characters I'm, start at level two. I um, don't. And like. I have been looking high and low for those fucking medals. They they are fed mm. to you in the time that they want you to have them, I assure you. Um, you can either buy them from that vendor you were talking about who sells the quietest points, 
or they are given in mental mock battles or they are given in story battles. They give them out to you at a very deliberate and intentional pace. That's fair. I mean, I, I've already bought some uh, from, from the guy you're talking about. But well, that's yeah, I a, want more. Those are made available to you at a very intentional pace. Okay. Okay, fair enough. I'm just impatient. I want more. No, I, w- I was right there with you when I was doing it, but looking back on it, and also I, I believe the Medal of Bravery is only for the first class upgrade. The second yes. one uses a different item, and a yeah. lot of the characters you recruit are already at their second level when you get them. Yes, that is true. That is a very good point, yes. So it's like it's your core seven and then your main character, Serenoa, that you are um, basically upgrading from the beginning, or promoting, I should say. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing major other than that. I've put far more time than I thought I was going to in this game. And I still feel like I'm fucking not anywhere near close to being done. I think I'm in chapter nine. Still. I put so much fucking time in this game. Mm. Yeah. That's it's telling me you're at chapter nine. I would I could imagine you feeling like, well, I should have more of these now. But no, trust me. I, by the time you're at like chapter 13 or 14, I want to say, if I'm remembering correctly. You'll probably have all but like one of those characters promoted. Well, yeah, well, it's that too. But what I, what I mean is just in general, in terms of the story, I feel like I should be way further than I am. Sure, sure, sure. So this game just, it's not dragging. It's just like, it's going on a lot longer a than lot. I expected it to. It's a lot. That it is. But um, we're going to take our second and final commercial break. We know we're taking it in a little bit uh, weird order today, but um, tough. That's what we're doing. Today. <laughs> what are you gonna? What are you gonna do? What? What are you gonna do about it? All right, we'll be right back, guys. Ah, the summer breeze. The sun is beaming. The waves are crashing. Life is good. Mister, Mister. Uh, m- what? Mm. What in the blazes is going on? X-Tree, X-Tree, read all about it! Read what, lad? Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Swordjump has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordjump.com! Store.swordjump.com? Store.swordjump.com! Store. Dot swordchomp.com. Yes! Store.swordchomp.com! Store.swordchomp.com. Yes, damn it! <sighs> it worked. I can enjoy my afternoon nap in peace. Hey, mister! Did you hear about store.swordchomp? Hey guys, we're back, and we're going to talk about Nightfall, the last game on our docket. Right, Rich? Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is a weird one. Thank you for that analysis. Okay, we're going to move on to the poll. Wow, that's fucked up. That was your Nightfall 10 seconds. (laughs) Uh, This is one I'm excited to talk about. I picked this up when it was free on April Fool's Day. Uh, I believe it is $6 now. Um, it is from, I'm trying to look at the name of the studio so I don't look like an asshole. 
Um, it is from the people who did Cluster Truck. Ooh. Um, mm. the, the, the thing the studio does, and they have a history of this, is they always put out a game on April Fool's Day. Um, this game took about five weeks to develop. It was an April Fool's joke. That's really fucking good. Um, so I'll explain what it is, because it is kind of unique. Uh, and it has some, I would call it Battle Royale adjacent ideas. Um, think of it this way. You're playing uh, in a multiplayer lobby. I believe it's ten teams of two. And when you start off, you're both playing as knights. All the weapons are firearms, because that's half the joke. It's everything about the game is like cowboy themed, but the aesthetic is knights in a medieval setting. Um, so it is a relay race. Essentially, you jump on a horse together and you start racing across these roads. The horse will only run when he's on the roads. Uh, if he strays off them, he starts going slow because he's eating the grass and okay. you can drift with the horse like it's a go- <laughs> like it's Mario Kart <laughs> to get speed boosts. Um, I love that. Have you? Uh... It, it looks hilarious. Oh, um, what's, what's, what's the movie? There's a Bollywood movie where a cop on a horse drifts underneath a semi. I've seen that, that shot before, what, yes. What's the name of that movie? My mind I, is I, That I don't now. know. Uh, so you drift with the horse for speed boost. Everyone starts at different points, so you might run into other teams on the road. But the reason it's called Nightfall is because basically you're all trying to get to this castle at the end, but there's towns in between. And there's a day and night cycle. You take damage... Um, when it's night, because as your night will let you know, he is cold. Uh, you start taking damage and the words, I am cold, just appear across the screen. <laughs> um, so when you reach a town, you need to stop and hold up until night passes. Um, it'll also let you know as you're approaching a town, you'll see it'll, it'll say like, approaching a town, it seems empty. empty. Or um, approaching a town, they hear you coming. So hmm. basically, this is where the battle royale aspect kicks in, because all the conflicts happen at these towns. If you get there and there's another team there, uh, you want to take them out. They want to take you out. Um, there were originally, I, I believe, four weapons. And then despite them saying this is an April Fool's joke and we're not going to update it, a ton of people started playing it. So literally yesterday, as of us recording this, they added four new weapons and they added enchanted weapons that have different effects. Um, and they revamped a lot of the map. <laughs> they're, they're supporting this game now, and I'm glad okay. they are because it's really fun. Um, Damn. So, yeah, you, you, you race through these towns, and the main goal is you get to the end, and when you get to the castle, after a certain amount of time, there's a rose descending to the top of the castle. The first team to clear out the others and grab the rose, and it takes, like, a good 30 seconds to get through the animation to grab the rose, so you want to make hmm. sure another team is not on top of you. Hmm. But the first team that grabs the rose wins. Um, so it's... You could theoretically win by racing to get there faster, sort of a, or by fighting to clear out everyone. But also, if, if you're moving as fast as you can, the rose is definitely not going to be there when you get there. Ah, uh, oh, uh, oh, it, it takes, takes a, a while. certain amount okay. of day and night cycles, I believe four for the rose to finally descend. Okay. Um, but you can get there early and, you know, have a vantage point and hold up. Uh, another really great bit with this game is I think some of the newer guns have proper reload animations. <laughs> But in the original one, none of them have real reload animations. It's like a revolver, and you just spin it around six times, and now it's reloaded. <laughs> there's oh, a rifle, damn. you full 360s flip it, and now it's reloaded. Um, <laughs> there's a dedicated kick button. Uh, another element I really like is when you die, you can revive your teammate, but when you die, you become a tangible ghost that other players can see moving around the world, but you can't mm. be damaged, so... 
If you see a ghost sticking near you, you can basically infer that he's yelling at his teammate, telling them where you are, uh, which is a neat hot. idea. That's cool. It's really quick. They're like, if you win like 10 minutes at max for a match, uh, quick teams of two. It's got a really funny, <laughs> cheap looking aesthetic. The horse drifting animation is hilarious. It's $6. It's on Steam. I, I picked it up when it was free on April Fool's Day, which I'm grateful I did. But a friend of mine messaged me about it saying, how is it? And I'm like, oh, I grabbed it because it was free the other day. I haven't tried it. And then we sat down and played it for five hours straight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn. I really like this game. Um, time permitting, <laughs> I might try and hit up Josh to stream some of it. Oh, yeah, no, soon. that sounds like something we need uh, to do. It's really cool. Uh, again, $6. Ch- check it out. It's really neat. Yep. Six dollars. Cool. Well, there you go. That's our games for this week. And uh, we're going to launch just straight into the polls that we did this week. Uh, We do them every Tuesday at the Sword Chomp Instagram if you want to vote on those and be involved in the conversation. We always like to get uh, people involved in talking about what we want to pick your guys' brains on. It's always fun for us to kind of just uh, reflect and have some fun with but anyways so the polls i ran this week i started with does it bother you that e3 was canceled this year um the choices were it fucking sucks or eh, it was dying already um 63 of people said eh it was dying already and 37 percent of people said it fucking sucks and as much shit as i give those conventions and stuff like that at the end of the day, it does suck that it got canceled again. We kind of know it's on its way out. E3's been on its way out for a few years, and we've covered that um, over the past few years as well. So originally yeah. I was thinking about doing that topic again, but I figured we probably didn't want to retread old grounds. So. It's belabored at this point. Yeah, for sure. For oh, yeah. sure. But I do I do feel bad for those people like who like make a holiday of it. You know, like there are people oh, out yeah. there who make a thing out of the Super Bowl. There are people who make a thing out of E3. So I get that. And it sucks for them. It really does. But um, yeah. the writing's been on the wall at this point. So from, from a I don't go there standpoint. Um, it, it sure feels like it's the exact same experience, if, whether they have it or not, because everyone still announces stuff at that time, because it's a good time it's just to that, advertise that stuff. Um, that's just it like that that time frame will always exist and E3 really hasn't been E3 in a long time it's not a trade show it hasn't now that it's like an open public convention my mindset is more like things like PAX just do it better anyway hmm. like when it was a trade show it served a purpose it was people in the industry meeting and it was where smaller uh, devs got together to pitch their projects like I, it's just starting to feel redundant at this point if it's not going to be used as a true trade show. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, it's kind of like like I kind of relate it to, and this is a not the perfect analogy, but for me it works. Is when you want your favorite band to stick around when it's like they're past their prime and they're just recycling old music and it's like i really want them to stay around because i don't yeah. want to accept the fact that you know but i'm man, getting Pink older Floyd's back and together their time is coming gone and it's kind of the same i think for like e3 
Uh, E3's yeah. time, like as great as it was in the day, uh, back in the day, it's it's time is coming on. Yeah, agreed. It's time for the E3 cover bands. Hell yeah, <laughs> we are uh, lowercase E three, Roman numeral three. Mm-hmm. 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 That's it's like right. three. It's like three eyes. E i i i. That's rad. Right. So the next poll we did. I ha- and this is for me, obviously. I have my thoughts, but what do you think about the GTA membership plan that they just uh, dropped? Uh, I don't know if... Have you not heard of that yet, Josh, or no? I have. Rich, you the- want to detail it for Josh? I mean, I don't really know the details, but it, there's <laughs> going to be some paid subscription version of GTA Online now, Josh. I mean, it's called, it's, it's called GTA Plus here. I'll, I'll give you the details. I, I, that doesn't quick. even sound bad to me. I mean, the idea of making it into an MMO no, it when sense. it's clearly just a fucking MMO makes sense at this point. No, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, but let me detail it out for you. GTA Plus is going to be exclusive for the PS5 and the Series X and S. Um, it launched at the end of last month. That makes um, less sense, but <laughs> for an MMO. You get a... You get a rec- if you remember, you get a monthly recurring five hundred thousand uh, dollars deposited into your bank, your game bank account. Um, you'll get special vehicle upgrades, member only discounts, and RP bonuses. Um, and then it goes into more detail about exactly what you are getting in the game, which none of it means anything to me. But, yeah, um, that was my number one question about the money. You know, like five hundred thousand dollars monthly. Okay, is, is, is that is, a lot? Yeah, exactly. That retrofitting turning turning a game into an mmo i think is some dog shit um i like the idea conceptually of just a grand theft auto online thing that they just update continue to update where you're you're paying for them to continue to support it instead of having to make some atrocious campaign like they do every few years um like no one wants that shit just support the online thing that makes sense but then sure wh- why are you paying for money in the game like just <sighs> that seems fucking weird it seems like somewhere between an MMO and a like battle pass sort of situation where like yeah. this obviously doesn't have enough content now for it to make sense for you to pay for continued patches but yeah. like we we don't know what else to do with it because you know if you're not paying us we're not going to keep making patches. It's it seems like it's some sort of weird middle ground. Yeah, they're, it's like they're worried the bottom's going to fall out and they need some continuous stream of income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense. It makes sense. Um, it's five ninety nine a month, and uh, I wanted to see what uh, that uh, can't be a lot of money. Then that's a lot. That's a lot. That's very cheap. I wanted to see what the fans thought about it, and uh, 98% of people said, what is this shit? And it was actually at 100% yeah. for a very long time until uh, 2% of people snuck in with, dope, I'm in. Well, yeah. Here's the, here's the thing, and I promise you this. All the people that said, what is this shit, and I agree with them, do not play that game. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Either do not play that game, or they're just tired of hearing about the game. I mean, it's been since the PS3 that this game has been getting dropped and like people are tired of it. Oh, again, that's kind of what I was saying. If they plan to support it at all at this point, you've got to have something in there for it to be worthwhile for them. And frankly, 
a little bit of money every month sounds stupid mm. to me. I, I do. I think they need to switch to some sort of model that's not doing their garbage campaigns in those games. I know games. you guys are getting bored of GTA Online, but what if it cost you money to play it? Right? That... It just... It sounds bizarre. It's It sounds like... It's got an insane player base. We'll never understand it. It is a behemoth. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that, like, from the outside is very daunting, but it seems like the people that play it, like... It's one of those games like a Warframe or something where it's like playing that game is not video games. That's an additional hobby. Yeah. And again, like I, I'm never going to put time into it because I've seen their net code on everything else. And it's, it's got to be better than this, I think. Right. There's no way it can be as complete trash as it is in everything else I've played online of theirs. They, right. There's no, it, it couldn't possibly run if it was. But hmm. anyway, it just. Yeah, I, I don't get it. It seems like a weird way to monetize that as far as just giving extra money in game. Heists seem cool. Yeah. Like, it, like yeah, no, no. Like, I, I'm not saying that, like, there's nothing there to the game. Everything they've shown looks interesting. But that seems like a weird way to monetize it. Yeah, it's, like, obviously it's not for me. I just thought it was kind of funny that they're trying to monetize an almost 10-year-old game at this point in this way. It's It'd be like if Skyrim... Uh, instead of doing the DLC, like, because they did the DLC all the way back in the day, they decided to do a new, uh, like, Skyrim Plus program where they added an additional dragons exclusively only you can fight once a month and shit like that. I, I'm but sure I mean, some people are out yeah. there like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want that. But, like, the majority of us would be like, can we just get some Elder Scrolls Six instead? Now introducing Dovahkiin Plus. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I can see it switching to more of an MMO model. It's just this seems like, again, it's, it's a weird half step. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. I feel it, like you, you got to spin it out into its own thing at that point. And in the back of my head somewhere, it goes, well, if you're going to do that and you know you have all these players you can bring over, build the base of that on whatever GTA 6 is going to be. Or just scrap GTA 6, because then I won't have to pretend that it's some masterpiece like everyone else does at the time when it's literally just a sandbox that has really cool tools in it and just right. the world's fucking dumbest story. Well, may, I maybe mean, I'm we never going to a masterpiece. Maybe we need to view it, it in a different <laughs> well, way. Looking then. at the reviews, that's, that's the, that's the consensus you're fighting against every time one of these pieces of shit comes out. Sure. Maybe we just need to view this as a different way in a different way of basically they're trying things out to see what they're going to actually model GTA six as, you know, this sure. is probably yeah, yeah, no. a precursor yeah. to what GTA six will become. Like if GTA six is literally just an MMO, I'd be much happier with that on a conceptual level of mm. that would interest me more. Like, what are you going to do if that's the focus to, to make this and you can work still have as an a subscription sort of, you can still have thing. an overarching campaign in an MMO where just like, Oh yeah. You know, some of the big milestones, you know, like when you're running a dungeon or doing a raid in any MMO, it's like, okay, at this point in the story, you need to queue up to run this heist. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Like, I, I think it could work and I think it could work better in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. 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 I just think people are tired of Grand Theft Auto five want something new and I get it. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Um, so the next poll that I ran was 
The Sonic 2 movie has been doing really well internationally, and this was before it came out on, in theaters on Friday. Are you going to see it in theaters? I was curious. Uh, 54% of people said, hell yeah. And 46% of people said, not a chance. And Rich, this is, this is your time is, to like, say one to two say, sentences. Is that not directed to me? I already saw it. Um, I went to an early screening on Wednesday. Uh, it was mostly me, a lot of children, and like five other drunk people. Nice. Um, I enjoyed it. I uh, it is almost the same level of like, huh, that was fun. That Sonic the Hedgehog was one was cool. That's what I expected. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Are they rich? Uh, and this might be a small spoiler. Are they setting it up for a third Sonic movie or no? Oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> talk. There's a post credit scene, baby. Well, there I'm concerned go. about that, and like again, we what's we don't have to delve too deeply into this because uh, Jim Carrey just recently came out with a statement in gent like not about Sonic, but he said, "I think I'm gonna retire from acting because I have enough in my life." And if if there is a sequel, that makes me concerned about that. And that's all I'm because he kind of was the soul of that. Yeah, in a in a lot of ways. Let's just say there's some other things in play that are not robotic focused uh, at the end of this movie. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I need to see it so we can do a cat on it. I mean... And the best part is, if, again, let, 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 me, let me stress this without telling you what the scene was. That post credit scene played. This theater was mostly children, and I hear some clearly very drunk dude at the end of the theater go, when this scene happens, goes, holy fuck! <laughs> as loud as he can go... <laughs> Okay. No, that. no, that confirms my suspicions. They're they're finally it's, pivoting to Sonic Underground. No, all I'm gonna say, and you know, everybody, it's the thing you think it is. Okay. Okay. Cool. That, finally, that, Sonic that literally means plot. absolutely nothing to me, Rich, because because there are so many What's Sonic. What's the stupidest thing they could do? Sonic and Knuckles fuck. No, that happens in the movie. No, the, Sonic the, and Knuckles fuck. The real fuck. human princess that he falls in love with shows up. Is is that's 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 one of the stupidest things. Two, my oh, original that suspicion that they switched to the Sonic Underground continuity, and there's there's a queen and and a revolution that they've they've, they've got to pivot they, to. Sonic's got to solve this problem. Continuity in this film about the owl stuff. Yeah. Um, Idris Elba's Knuckles is an inspired performance. I like he is the second best part of that film behind Jim Carrey. That uh, that sounds great to me. It, there's a, a like running gag of him not understanding handshakes and breaking people's hands. I like that. <laughs> that that's, that's pretty good. I like that. Dope. Yeah, I'll have to watch that so we can do a cat on that this week. For sure. Absolutely. You too, Josh. Is that on anything streaming currently? I'll look I will into hook it. You, I will hook you up <laughs> so you can find it. Because, yeah, I, I don't do theaters. Like, I'm, I'm I, sorry. I got you. I'm sorry. I got you. Theaters, theaters are dead at this point. If I had to go to the theater, Josh, I got Morbius fever. Oh my god, I'm sorry, Rich. <laughs> I didn't go to see Morbius. <laughs> I, oh god, that's a whole other discussion. I'm not getting yeah. into that. Let's, let, yeah, let's not, let's not get into any more tangents that we already have this episode. <laughs> I will send a you a video. A new Monkey Island title was just announced. It's the first in more than 20 plus years. What are your thoughts? 55% of people said, I'm too messant. And 45% of people said, what now? I wonder how many of those what now were, were what nowing to I'm too messant instead of that announcement. 
Yeah, they're like, fuck, I gotta get get my GRE book out and study. Exactly. I'm fucking turgid. Yeah, but, yep. uh, Rich, I know you're excited. Rich, maybe you're not as excited as I thought you would be. Um, I know, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Uh, knowing Ron Gilbert is involved actually is what has me excited. Otherwise, I would not have given a shit. Um, but the fact that the original creator Ron Gilbert is involved, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to play more Monkey Island. Mm. You know, I think there's something that works really well with the humor of Ron Gilbert and Tim Schafer combined with them bouncing off each other that just works better. Because I've I've played some of both their stuff as solo adventure games. That just doesn't quite work as well. Um, mm-hmm. With stuff like the cave and uh, uh, oh, fuck, what was the other one? Um, Thimbleweed Park. Yes. Um, that just—they're good. Like, there's nothing wrong with them, but it also feels like the humor is singular in a way. That uh, that the the old, you know, Monkey Island games weren't that, that felt felt more very much, you know, they, like they they absolutely captured the zeitgeist in the '90s with those games of like what is an adventure game like that that feeling as a whole like the two of them mm. combined just kind of created that, right? Um, and it's it's I don't know it's I I enjoy seeing them you know, make their own separate games since then with, you know, um, what, what, what they've done in the last, you know, 10 years solo. Mm-hmm. But also I kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what a monkey Island game is going to look like without in- Tim Schafer involved. Yeah. It's curious for sure, but, um, I'm ready for more guy brush. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I figured you guys would both be really excited. Uh, the last, so this, this is kind of a weird arc with this one. I originally did. It wasn't really much of a poll, just letting people know that if they bought three years worth of PS now, that when the pre- PS plus premium would go into effect, that the PS now would automatically turn into that, which would save them money, which is exactly what Xbox did with um their their game pass years back you could buy in for one dollar and get up to three years worth for a dollar which was really fucking dope sony quickly became aware of the loophole and has since shut it down so i had to delete the quote unquote quote poll that i made on that and um i just think like why if you are sony why wouldn't you just go along with that yes you are losing half of the income that you would be but how many people are really going to abuse that at the end of the day you know what i mean like and that was such a good way to onboard people into this this um this uh service you know like there would have been a bunch of people who were skeptical about it that would have been like okay for that half price i'll I'll buy in for three years now you're gonna have people that are maybe maybe gonna be like and I'll try it out for a month or a year, and if I don't like it, then I'm done. And they're they're gonna lose out on money because of that, you know. Like, 
at the end of the day, they'll Sony Sony will make their money off this service. I understand that, but I yeah. just feel like I feel like with the way uh, Microsoft and granted Microsoft is a bigger company, the way they handled it, that I think they would have so like it's such a small thing, but by Sony just being like, yeah, it is a loophole, we'll let it go. Even if they were like for a month, like we'll give you guys a month to exploit this loophole, and then we'll close it. That would have been cool. But no, they closed it almost immediately after they found out, and it's kind of fucking lame. I don't know. Yeah, it would have been great. At, at the same time, like I understand it from a certain perspective, mostly because the thing I think people need to understand is um, PlayStation is the one part of Sony that makes money. Right. They're afraid of losing any money anywhere. Yeah. Eh. I, I I don't know. Not saying I mean, that makes it right either way. No, I'm just saying I no, get I it. Think specifically with the subscription. It's kind of free money at that point. Like even if somebody's getting a steep discount, the service those has people, to run regardless. And most of those mm. people probably wouldn't have bought in anyway. They yeah. wouldn't have bought in if, if not for this. It doesn't seem like it's good on their part. I like I I do agree that they should have just the let it slide until the whole, the window cuz like as soon just as they announced this nonsense, I, I got I got an email saying which tier I was automatically getting moved into. And I think this is where it came from, where people were like, oh, oh, the subscription I've already got here is bumping me into their highest tier thing. So people people figured it out pretty much right away, but it's not what they were intending. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, like it. It's a new service. It, like it is a new service. Like I, I get they've got their subscription thing now, but like. They shouldn't. They should not be upgrading anybody automatically to whatever their new service is without some sort of opt-in thing. Like that's 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 its own issue. Kind of besides this, um, that you're getting roped into this new subscription thing without. If you just ignore it going on, oh, you'll just start paying more money. Um, because I think they should just keep you at the, the base expensive. level that's identical. Like, I don't see why that wouldn't be oh. the default. Because the base level is, it's just, it's still this. Oh, no, no, the, the, the base base level is identical, but it's like the higher tiers that something's changing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, yeah. that's what I mean, though. Like, if you're in it at any point here, they should just keep you at the base base level. Exactly. It's that's seem- the standard and it's the same price. Y- yeah. It's more complicated than that. I yeah, understand. it is. It's it's a weird situation because you can pay ahead of time with their 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 stuff. It's it just no no part of it makes sense as a oh no this is a totally one to one thing and it's it's uh yeah it doesn't seem like they're handling it the best. Yeah, I mean I I'm not honestly I'm not surprised when it comes to Sony, but I don't know it still kind of pissed me off a little bit probably more than it should have. I cared more than I should have. I'm going to get rid of yeah. all my Sony stuff. <laughs> that's right. You ran but, home and uh, tore down that... your Crash Bandicoot poster. <laughs> well, Xbox owns that now. <laughs> Who's been digging a hole through yeah, my this, wall behind this yeah, but, Crash Bandicoot But this poster, poster was from 1994. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Sony got my money, not Microsoft. But uh, that's going to do it for the polls, and that's going to do it, coincidentally, for the episode. Um, just a few kind of... 
Final quick reminders, uh, if you want to head over to SoreChomp.com, you can check out all of our additional contents, such as extra podcasts. We have Chomping at the Bits, uh, Evoking the Sublime, and Chomping After Dark, three other podcasts that talk about different facets of gaming. Uh, We have a merch store where you can check out some new threads or some other various household things, such as clocks and duvet covers, things of that nature. Um, (laughs) Josh, I don't know why you're laughing. I love your two examples. Uh, sorry, we also have uh, drawstring bags and water bottles. I've been um, looking for a new cover for my duvet. Do you think you guys have those? Ah, oh, we got you covered. We also got some shower curtains. Do you have, do you have anything for my is, Davenport? Is, is a duvet cover like an ATM machine? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, this is a... This <laughs> is actually... to think of that joke, Josh. This is actually a duvet cover. Everybody always makes that up. This is actually like a... It's like a grill cover. Mm-hmm. For exactly. Exactly. You got to keep that duvet fresh. Do you have something fresh I could do? Fresh and dust-free. Do you have a nice throw <laughs> I could throw over my Davenport? Thanks, Peter Griffin. Um, <laughs> also... Tench's <laughs> asshole. <laughs> we also have uh, an article section where... Uh, we get up reviews and random think pieces. Uh, Rich and Ray have gotten a lot of content up there recently, very recently, so go check that out there. And last but not least, if you want to help us out by making more content, the best way to do that is to head over to patreon.com slash where you will get access to some exciting exclusive tiers. And on top of that, you are rewarded for it. So head over there and check that out. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Um, we're some sleepy boys. So we're going to shut this one down. Thank you so much for checking us out. Thank you to Rich and Josh for being here. I was your host, Shay. Good night, America. Good night, the world. Um, and take care. See you.